Hi, welcome back to the Be A Better Ally podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman and my pronouns are she, her. This week, our guest is Vika Steele. And I wanted to try something different when our guests introduce themselves. I am asking or starting every podcast episode with the question, what is it that you love about working in education? And I'm super excited that Vika is the first guest to answer this question um, because I think it's a great one. So without any further ado, Vika Steele. Hi, my name is Vika Steele. I, my pronouns are both they, them, and she, her. Sort of waver back and forth on the two strands. I like the non-binary, non-binary concept, but I've always known that I was always female and don't want to deny that or give any kind of reason why somebody else should deny that. I teach in Madison, Wisconsin. I teach elementary science in Richmond. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about the room that we built over the last six years. Um, my principal pushed me to become the science enrichment teacher in here at this school. It's a life science space. Over the course of this six years, I've taught myself carpentry in order to build an engaging space for students. We have a forest biome, a tropical biome, a desert, a grassland biome set up. We have small take-a-break cubbies without, throughout. The room is filled with plants and animals. You may be hearing the birds behind me in the aviary. I built a 12-foot by 12-foot aviary. We have goldfish, we have um, a corn snake, we have two leopard geckos, a turtle, maybe a tortoise coming soon. We have various tropical fish and minnows, axolotls, um, crickets, hat colony that is super hard to keep going, but you get the concept. It's an engaging space, but it's a space that took a lot of work. And so that question of what I love about working in education, easy answer is I love this room that we built. I love how this room impacts kids. We have kids in trauma at our school. Teaching is not easy for any of us. Our kids matter, but they don't always express their love in positive ways, but this room is a refuge for them. And I gotta say, my coming out, as scary as that was, has had an impact on our kids too. Homophobic slurs, transphobic slurs, they've dropped. I'm not going to say they're gone, but they've definitely dropped. And the kids, even the ones that sometimes say these slurs, respect me, respect this space, and love what they can do and what they can become. I can't imagine working in a job that I didn't love. And if I don't love it, I'm going to make it a thing that I do love. I'm going to find that way. And that's what I think my leadership here and me and my colleagues have done and are working on continuing to do. It is a beautiful day. Vika, that's a beautiful start to the episode, I think. Um, my next question is um, basically, you know, feeling comfortable, confident in the classroom, it's never easy. Um, even on our best days, I think a lot of teachers struggle with that. And I know that you have spoken about your experiences when you came out as transgender to your students. You've spoken about the ways in which your school has supported you. So I'm wondering for a school leadership team or a principal or a vice principal who's listening uh, and might be wondering, what can I do to support a teacher who is considering doing what you've done? What advice might you have for that principal or that school leadership team? What is the support that really matters um, and that more leaders should get behind? All right, well, let's think about this one. So I came out last year, um, March 
at the school in March 2019. Um, and that question of how my school supported me, I understand that my school wasn't really ready. Um, we didn't really have a curriculum that addressed transgender, lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, any of it. Little bits of it, individual teachers, like, but nothing really there. Our kids weren't really prepped for any of this information when I came out, and I knew I had to. I couldn't keep hiding my truth. My leadership team, and this is the key, it was a team. It was a conjunctive team between here at our school and people down at the downtown offices working together. The way our school rolled out, um, introducing what it means to be transgender, the way our school worked on how to help kids and everybody understand was they created a plan together. My, t my principal gave me time at a staff meeting where I could introduce myself. I read a letter that I wrote because I couldn't just do this off the cuff back then. I cried so much just being able to say my truth. My leadership team created a PowerPoint presentation that every teacher had at their disposal to present. They had the rollout day ready so that teachers were busy. They didn't have to create this whole cloth from something that many don't really know very well. I didn't know a whole lot about transgender, even though I lived my life um, hiding my facts. Um, so the keys here, number one, look up welcoming schools, join their program. They're an amazing organization with materials already on hand that you can use and you can implement. Implement them school-wide. You can get these out to teachers. You can insist that this be part of your standard curriculum at your school. Um, our kids matter. Our black and brown transgender kids, their rates of depression, suicide for all of our transgender um, non-binary people, it's way too high. It's dangerous to not let these kids become who they need to be and our teachers to be who they need to be. Um, so my school rallied around at that point. Here's the issue. Coming out, this isn't a one and done. Coming out is, honestly, it's lifelong. We will always have new students coming in. We will always have people who question and wonder. I will never be able to walk down that street or go in that bar or walk into that town and feel perfectly confident that I'll just be treated as just a normal person. Because <laughs> I am just a normal person. A transgender normal? Yes. Doesn't mean I'm not normal. <laughs> um, that's never gonna happen in my lifetime, I don't see it. So keep supporting. <laughs> Roll out, get the welcoming schools, get the representation and books and posters. Work as a team. And then a month later, six months later, the next year, every year, repeatedly, come to that teacher and say, hey, I'm just checking in, make sure to sure you're doing okay. Anything I can do for you. Keep giving the lessons. Don't just give that transgender reading lesson at one time. Join the National Day, Jazz and Friends Day on February 27th 
this year. Um, look it up. Um, Human Rights Council is another great place to look for this kind of information. Read I Am Jazz. Read the books. Read the books for um, transgender and non-binary of color. We'll get you a list if you need it. And actually, I should get you a list anyway, even if you don't need it. Um, because you do. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little bit here. But I, the other piece I guess I would like to say... Establish clear policy, get it down on paper, make it formalized for that you support your transgender, your, your, you, you support the gender identity of all of your students and staff. Because it will become an issue. There will be people that fight back. There are national organizations that are primed and ready to fight people like me and schools that support people like me. And if you get this down on paper and you follow the guidelines from Human Rights Council or Welcoming Schools or any of these organizations that have already been through this, then when that person comes out, when that person needs support, you can just point to the documents and say, but this is our established policy. And I guess, yeah, that's it. Just keep loving your staff, keep loving your people. Your point about having actual policy in place, I think is so crucial and so important. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, transphobia, of course, is an issue that more schools need to address. And in order to have an anti-transphobic school environment, what one to two things would you recommend teachers consider doing or thinking more about or even just asking themselves? Oh my God, we so need to address transphobia in our schools, in our towns, our communities, everywhere. It's just persistent. At the same time, I mean, it's hard to because there is so much beauty in this world, and I do focus on that. I don't let the hate rule me. But our kids, they don't really know. If, they're in the, if their environment isn't welcoming, that transphobia, they think that's just normal. I grew up in a time when transphobia wasn't even called transphobia. It was just thought of as the way things were. I grew up thinking I was wrong, believing I was wrong, and too many of our kids still believe that, still see their truth as something that is supposed to be mocked. It's not supposed to be mocked. It's supposed to be honored. It, your gender matters. So I guess number one, representation. Get images out there. Get stories out there. I'm thinking of like, it could be as simple as maybe it's a pride wall, maybe it's a staff wall. Do you have lesbian, gay, transgender people in your school? Yeah, you do. Okay. Are they open? Are they willing to show their truth? Um, if you set up a, if they are, if you've got lesbian and gay members of your staff especially and you have a wall up showing pictures of people's families just having two men standing next to each other matters i have a picture in my room of my family that shows my nephew giving his husband a peck on the cheek this caused outrage from a few of my kids until we started talking about it and talked about my family and they got it and they thought the these guys are cute representation get those images up there get people out there and books 
fill your room with books that celebrate our identities. I Am Jazz um, is a big one. There's a whole curriculum around I Am Jazz. Um, Julian, I think it's Julian is a Mermaid. Um, it's a wonderful story about a child of color. There's so many out there. Red is the story of a crayon <laughs> um, that has the label of red, but it's really a blue crayon. It's a beautiful way to introduce that concept of gender identity to the very, very young. Um, introducing Teddy is another one about a teddy bear who doesn't like the gender identity it's been given by the child who loves it and the child changes. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> the resources are there. Again, get to welcoming schools, look at their resources, follow the Human Rights Council. These are two biggies. Um, and I guess the couple other, use pronouns. Maybe every member of your staff um, is going to identify with the pronouns that were assigned at birth, she, her, he, him. Maybe they don't. But that staff who's hiding their truth, that child who's hiding their truth, when they hear people using their pronouns, showing them on their name tags, seeing them in places, and start to realize they could use their real pronouns because they're getting information about gender identity, it's huge. The first time I was in a meeting, it was a welcoming schools meeting, that people were to say their pronouns, it was kind of lightly mocked. People were just thinking this is kind of silly, but I was sitting there thinking, I could say my pronouns. I didn't. I had too much of that trauma of a childhood that was denial of what I knew to be true, but it planted that seed that little piece. And if you do these in your classrooms, if you do this in your schools, maybe that child isn't ready to speak up yet. But maybe you plant that seed so that in middle school, maybe fifth grade, high school, whenever it is that they realize they don't have to hide who they are. They can be true. That's fantastic advice. Thank you again, Vika. You know, in conversations with educators, one thing that I hear again and again is that teachers want to make sure that they don't misgender someone or that they don't use an outdated term. They worry about their use of language. And for someone who's listening and they want to know what they should do if they don't use the correct pronouns or when they might be feeling unsure about um, you know, the terms that are currently correct, what advice might you give to them? All right. So just to be clear, you're going to make mistakes. It's not easy. If you've known a person for any length of time and have used certain gender pronouns for them and certain honorifics for them, it's hard to break that habit. No matter what you see in front of you, I can be wearing my most beautiful dress, not talking because my voice is very male. So all you see is my presentation my makeup, my dress, my hair, all that look. And somebody who's known me will still call me he, will still say Mr. And they don't mean to, but it's those ingrained habits. So you can relax about it, but fix it. One of the things I've loved about being in a classroom is my students get this mostly. They'll use the wrong honorific. They'll call me Mr. I'll say it's mixed. They'll say mixed. Um, I use mix sometimes instead of miss. I like both. Again, mix is the um, non-binary um, honorific. Miss is a binary honorific. Um, they'll say, he said this. I'll say it's not he, it's she, or it's they. And they'll say she, or they'll say they. They'll fix it. 
and it'll be done. That's it. It's that simple. No hand-wringing, no, oh, I'm so sorry. It's just a fix. Really, the thing that you do need to understand is your best reference for how you make things right is the person who's there. We're each different. Sometimes we get more upset. Sometimes things weigh on us. Understand, transphobia is persistent. Even in my little progressive section of a liberal city, I face transphobia every day in big ways and in small ways. So it does get wearying and sometimes I might snap a little quicker than I need to. Give us some grace. If you say something wrong and we kind of snap, don't get mad at us. We're working on this too. And I guess the last thing I would say is practice. My wife changed her name to Steele, to Stella Steele, when she was in college. She needed a name that gave her power and permission to move on from things that hadn't been so great in her life. She took that name and when she first did, I kept using her old name. I didn't mean to, it was a habit. And what I did is I started practicing. I realized I was dead naming. We didn't have that word back then. At least I didn't know it. Um, and it was wrong. And I started practicing. And I would say her name 10 times, 20 times, 30 times in my head. Anytime I messed up, and even if I didn't mess up, I would get that practice in. Do that for your transgender students. Do that for your transgender staff. Say the name. Say the pronouns. Say them out loud, even if you don't need to. I have people come up to me and pointedly say, oh, Miss Steele, this is looking really good, um, instead of Vika. They've used my honorific on purpose. They use she and her where they can because they want to make sure it's heard clearly both by me and by students, and that matters so much. It's so wonderful to hear your correct pronouns stated where you don't have to say it to anybody. So yeah, you know what? You're gonna mess up, understand it, work to fix it. There you go. Thanks for that. Vika, you've described your school as a welcoming one. So what are the attitudes that we should expect to see in action at a school that is truly welcoming of everyone? Or another way I suppose of asking is, what does a welcoming school look and sound like? Um, so when I came out, my school came out for me. They did lessons. We had a big rollout. The teachers were on board with doing the lessons. Um, the material was prepared for them. The kids heard it and got to know the new me. The teachers worked really hard on learning my pronouns. But I'm not sure it's continued as a welcoming school. It's not that it's unwelcoming, understand that. Um, teachers respect me, students respect me, they work to use my name, all of this stuff still happens, but a welcoming school takes it a step further. A welcoming school doesn't wait for the transgender person to say, hey, we need lessons on gender identity. A welcoming school's already there doing those lessons. A welcoming school's reminding students to honor the gender identity of their staff member who's transgender, but of their students, of every person regularly, the representation, the books, um, the pictures, they're all there every day for kids. Um, you're doing in the lessons, you're doing impromptu lessons, as well as the set curriculum. It's not just 
this is our day to do um, transgender, this should just be an ongoing part of who you are. If you are a truly welcoming school, the posters that kids make, everything is there for everybody. Be and it matters so much because our kids, you think maybe, you know, maybe a five-year-old, six-year-old doesn't need to understand this kind of stuff. Yes, they do. I knew, I, well, I can't say for sure when I knew who I was, but I knew I had to hide my truth by the time I was in kindergarten. If I would have been able to see a book introducing Teddy, read the crayon story, any of these at that age, it would have helped me be able to say, yes, my identity is real. A welcoming school gives that permission to say, yes, my identity is real. My darlings, you can make it happen. It is a beautiful day. Thanks, Vika. Our final question, I'm always curious to find out what our guests are thinking about, what they're reading or listening to, because um, I, I think allyship is an ongoing process. We're always learning, we're always thinking, we're always unlearning. So what are a few resources that you can suggest our listeners dig into? Okay, one resource? Uh, I'm not sure I can do just one, but I will tell you I've been reading, or just finished, Real Queer America by Samantha Allen. Um, she's a transgender woman who writes about queer communities in the red states, and it challenges perceptions about um, red and blue states. It challenges and brings information about queer communities. Um, I would say the biggest resource that you can make use of is find out about the um, LGBTQ celebrations in your area and go to them, be a part of them, take the day, um, make a picnic, you know, buy food from the food cart, go to the shows, hear the talks, whatever it might be. Maybe in your area it's called Pride Fest or Queer Fest. Um, we have a number of them here in Madison. I'm sure you have more in your area too, or you go to one in another town if they don't have them in your own town. I learned so much at our local one, the faith communities. We always think, sadly, of religion equaling hate these days. Too often it is those vocal, angry haters will cloak their hate in religion. But locally, at our Queer Fest, we had the... Uh, Methodists, we had Lutherans set up um, to let us know that they're there for us. They have pride flags on their churches. Um, our local branch of Mormons was at the fest to let us know that they celebrate us. There's beautiful stuff out there and it's at your fingertips and it's real people in real situations that we just all need. We're human. We need to be around other fellow humans. Have a lovely day, darlings. Listeners, if, like me, you would love to hear more from the incredible Vika Steele, there's great news. Vika was on another podcast. I'm going to link to that in our show notes description so you can continue to learn and listen to Vika. Thanks again.